All right, guys, we are stoked to let you know that Illegal Pete's is back on board with DNVR. And, you know, you just got to say it. If you're thinking burrito, you got to go Illegal Pete's. They're local. They are delicious. You can get it Colorado style over there, which is half queso, half green chili in your burrito. That's the way I've been going recently. Uh, And also, they've got a cool promotion down here at the uh, Lodo location and actually at the Colfax location uh, where you can bring in a ticket from a show or an event and they'll give you a free draft beer or house marg with your entree. So a great place to go before games, great place to go before concerts if you're coming to one down here on Colfax around the DNVR bar potentially. Uh, But you got to check out Illegal Pete's uh, and get in on all this. And they're also hiring right now. So if you're interested in uh, working for a great Colorado company, then hit up Illegal Pete's. They, uh, They really treat their employees well. Broncos podcast and I'm here with my guy Zach we are presented by MSU Denver online check them out msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer no better place to get your education while working a full-time job because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution so check them out 750 total classes 45 online and hybrid programs there's something for everyone over at MSU Denver. My boy, RK, what's up? So pumped to be rolling with you, man. A little throwback here, RK and Zach and Ryan. Later, we're going to be throwing it back even further because we've got BK and Shelby Harris joining our second pod, a two-pod day. I am so pumped for this day. So whether you're checking this out before our second pod, make sure to tune into that one on YouTube. If you're checking this one out after we've done that second pod, make sure to check it out on YouTube as it's going to be a blast. Yeah, I think there's only, uh, I guess we'll be missing three total people that have ever appeared as a host of this show uh, i believe brandon spano was on some of the early iterations even before i was wow um, then you had adam kinney who did some shows yeah. and um sam cowick who actually um i know some some og listeners will remember sam uh i ran into him at the dnvr bar last night and he's doing oh, great so. how about that great to hear so I guess within the last, you know, we'll we'll have almost every host of the show in the DNVR bar in the last day. That is, that is that's hilarious. And then also I was thinking about it from this angle. BK, he's obviously hosted with you. He's hosted with me. He's hosting a podcast right now with Shelby Harris. I think the only person to not host a show is is going to be Mace with him. But we'll have Mace on, so Mace can check that off his list. It's going to be fun. And they overlapped at Orange and Blue, so I bet you they have hosted a show together at one <laughs> yeah, point. Yeah, you're right. 
<laughs> How about that? The uh, is it uh, it, a little incestual? What uh, the Denver sports media is like? <laughs> uh, that's a interesting word for it, but yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, yeah, it should be a really fun day, and I cannot wait for this uh, edition of Three Ring Circus. Um, and I think Shelby Harris will be the first ever Denver athlete to record a show inside the bar. And I mean, kind of the perfect guy for that, right? He's just so likable. He's going to bring some great insight, so, some laughs. It's going to be, it's going to be a blast. He's so funny. Like, yeah, I'm sure that people can tell just from watching his press conferences. But I mean, when you're just in the locker room, like wherever he's standing, you hear his big old belly laugh <laughs> and like five other people around him just over and over again. Yep. Yep. We're, we're probably going to have to turn his mic down because man, he's got the big belly laugh. He's got the big voice. He's got the big personality. He's got the belly. He's got the hustle. I mean, he, he has it all. And that's why, you know, we're so pumped that he stuck around with a three year, $27 million contract. And, you know, just man, one of the things thinking about Shelby is a 300 pound guy, chasing down the fastest player in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. That's insane. Crazy. I mean, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't exactly call myself a mathematician, but I do believe angles were involved in this. Um, so it wasn't like a straight one-for-one one race, but still a very impressive play. wasn't like a zebra chasing down a, a cheetah or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just – I saw, you know – I knew there was angles involved. I did pay attention a little bit in geometry class. <laughs> but that's all we know. So what? Th thanks, uh, thanks, Miss Smith, for that. Miss Johnson. That's a pretty close oh, guess. Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, oh, another she, generic name. She did not like her class. <laughs> so really that means she didn't like, like RK? Geometry is like a freshman year of high school, isn't it? Sure. That sounds right. Feels about right to me. Yeah, and our class was just, like, from freshman to senior year, our class was just a disaster. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was, just a lot of, like, very dominant energy, and yeah, Miss Johnson cried a couple times. Oh my Sorry, gosh. Wow. It wasn't my fault. Wow. It wasn't my fault. I have, to, I mean, but, you're talking about these strong personalities, I have to think you're in the center of that. No, it really wasn't my fault, <laughs> but like our, like it was, we were just like a herd of sheep that couldn't be herded. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to the point of making the teacher cry. Yeah. Just too many people not on task and not paying attention. And I think she just got a little overwhelmed. Speaking of not on task, we are very much not on task at all right now. <laughs> we aren't. This is this is actually really capturing the. Uh, We're probably making some people cry right now. Probably. I'm sorry if Miss Johnson or anyone else is crying right now. Uh, anyways, <laughs> yesterday we talked to Vaughn Miller. We also talked to Brandon McManus, who. Can we just talk about that for a second? Oh, man. <laughs> it was brutal. So, obviously, Peyton Manning elected to the Ring of Fame yesterday. We touched on it at the very end of the pod. Um, congratulations to him, I, I guess. Like, <laughs> do you congratulate someone for, like, the 100th greatest honor of their life? Yeah, I was going to say, does he even care? Like, not, not disrespect to the Broncos, but, like, wouldn't he have been, like, shocked if he didn't get this? <laughs> I, I don't know if he thinks in those terms, but uh, yeah, congratulations for a uh, 
a average honor for Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just got elected into the Hall of Fame earlier this year as a first ballot guy. The Ring of he went Fame. Went into the like... Hall of Fame before the Ring of Fame. <laughs> right. Yeah, boy. The Broncos should have thought of that. I just stop maybe with he the rules. needed the maybe he needed the Hall of Fame on his resume in order for the Broncos to accept him in the Ring of Fame. Uh, maybe, maybe that it was a nice little resume builder for him. <laughs> maybe being in the Ring of Fame is a nice resume builder for him to get his own little uh, billboard <laughs> oh for his gosh. number. I yeah, actually I had mean... <laughs> one person push back on that yesterday. I've never seen someone push back. Uh, someone tweeted at me like, "You can't have two number 18s up there." I was like, "Why?" Yeah, you can. <laughs> you definitely can. <laughs> um, oh. Anyways, so we're talking. You know, uh, we're we're supposed to be talking about Peyton Manning getting elected to the Ring of Fame. So they bring up noted Broncos Union player rep <laughs> Brandon McManus to quote unquote talk about Peyton Manning. I don't believe he fielded a single question about Peyton Manning. No, no, and it was he brought uh, him it, up. He brought him up, but it was on his yeah. own volition. And it was it was tough for Brandon. I mean, the first <laughs> question was about the holdouts and everything, and. Brandon's like, well, uh, I, I'm here to talk about someone else, but I guess I'll answer this one question. Little did he know every question was going to be about that. Yeah, he needed to shut it down, but he didn't want to, I guess. Yeah. So he kept he, he really did say, like, I'll answer this one question about <laughs> this. We can talk more about it at a later date. And then the follow up vaccinations and oh. <laughs> Poor Brandon didn't really get to Seriously. talk about his friend Peyton. And then he just ends this press conference and, like, he realizes, like, oh, God, I never talked about Peyton. So he's just like, and uh, congrats to Peyton. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> I love throwing the beautiful man in there. Yes, that was great. Um, Do you think so, Peyton's yeah. upset about that? I mean. I'm sure he didn't tune in. I heard he, he was on probably, a golf course yesterday, so. Oh, jealous. Um <laughs> I assume that if Peyton heard about this, he would just roll his eyes at the media. Yeah, yeah. He, he He's going to attack us if we ever get to talk to him. Yeah, he's going to be like, I can't believe you guys did that with BMAC. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we talked to Von Miller, who actually did get to talk a little bit about Peyton Manning. But, Zach, you wrote a story about this, and I think it's a notable topic. Um, he had a quote in there where he said he hopes that his days with Peyton – are a highlight of his career, not the highlight of his career. Yeah, wow. I mean, talk about setting the bar pretty high for the rest of his career, Ryan. And this is a guy who just a couple of months ago, we were saying, at least I was saying, there's no way Von Miller's back on this team with the contract that he has right now. He's either going to have to take a pay cut or the Broncos are going to turn down his option and he's going to go sign with a different team right now. Now, clearly I was wrong and I was shocked that the Broncos picked up his option, but the Broncos are paying him $18 million this year. So it's actually not crazy to think like Von Miller should have a fantastic season. Now you're going to have to take a step back and look and remember just how good Von Miller was during his four years with Peyton Manning. He had a franchise record, 18 and a half sacks his first year with Peyton. Of course, that was his second season in the league. Then 2013 was a mess for him. He got suspended for four games. He tore his ACL. Uh, so wash, bad year, take that out. The other two years, Ryan, 
double-digit sack regular season. So three of the four years with Peyton, double-digit sack seasons, uh, over four or right around 40 sacks in those seasons. And then, of course, we know what he did in the 2015 playoff run where he had five sacks. He dominated Tom Brady. He had an interception. He had like six quarterback hits. And then, of course, dominated Cam Newton and won the Broncos the Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. That is about as dominant as any four-year stretch I can ever imagine for a pass rusher going into the future, going back. That's about as good as it gets. So we're talking about the bar being set like as high as it can ever be set. Yeah, I mean, but he doesn't have to outperform it. The question I have is, does he have other highlights? Um, Mm. What were his numbers in his rookie season? I forget. What was it? It was 12 sacks, 11 and a half sacks. Okay, so that's a solid year. I mean, he obviously gets the Tebow to DT. Like, they get a playoff win. So that's his only playoff win, playoff game. Well, other than the next week against uh, the Patriots. So that's his oh, only wow. only playoff win without Peyton, but that's a highlight. Um, I don't remember how he played in that specific game or the next week. Um, but when you look at it in that frame, you realize like, okay, and he hasn't really had a great season since Peyton left. So at this point, it really is the highlight. Um, now, you can make an argument for that rookie season is a highlight so that makes both of them a highlight but I see where he's coming from and unfortunately I have like very little blame to place on Vaughn for this um the team around him just hasn't been good and I know like via some like PFF numbers he's still been one of the best edge players in the NFL multiple seasons but man it's hard to create highlights um to to not you know like uh beat around the bush here it's hard to create highlights when your quarterbacks are case keenum trevor simeon joe flacco brock osweiler and you know last season drew Locke and uh now teddy bridgewater like those how are you you're not going anywhere with those guys and it was it's been abundantly clear like three weeks into the season every time that they weren't going anywhere with those guys, except for the one season with Trev when they started three and one. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And Ryan, on top of that, it, it reminds me of the Vance Joseph method of winning, get a lead early and let the defense do the thing. Yes. I, I always joke about how silly it is to get a lead early. Every team wants a lead early, but Ryan in, in the past, Uh, I I think it's 17 games when the Broncos have been down either after the first quarter or at halftime, there's something like one in 16, which is insane. I mean, teams who are probably down after the first or second quarter probably don't have a winning record, but I guarantee you it's not one in 16 bad. It's not that bad. That just shows you that how, how neutralized the defense is and specifically the pass rush in order to, to make game changing plays. And then just how weak this offense has been. So there really is something to that formula, but it, you know, it's like uh, I'm better off with the hundred dollars making it into 200 than I am with $1 making it into 200. So, I mean, it makes, it makes sense. It's a little silly, but there is some point to that. And Vaughn just simply, 
has not had that. So I don't put that on Vaughn. I put it on the Broncos building a team that is just like set up for failure. Uh, but you're right that, that, that doesn't go on Vaughn since Peyton left Vaughn has actually put together some double digit sack seasons. He did it in 2016. He did it in 2017. He did it in 2018, but then 2019 only eight sacks last year, uh, a season ending injury, This year, Ryan, we thought this was going to be the case last year, but now it's even more so for this year. Is Von Miller going to come out and have 15 sacks? And we're going to say, oh my gosh, look at this. This is a hungry Von Miller, a rested Von Miller, uh, a healthy Von. This is a guy that is taking over the league again, proving he's Von Miller. Or is he going to come out and put up seven sacks? And we're going to say, Okay, it's abundantly clear. 32-year-old Von Miller is coming off a, a big-time injury in his 30s, and that his best days are 100% behind him. I think it's going to be really hard to make an argument against that if he does come out and, and you know doesn't get double-digit sacks. Yeah, I mean, again, though, it comes down to the other side of the ball. Like, I don't want to give it all the credit to, to Vance Joseph here, but – while, you know, you should be able to win games without executing the quote-unquote formula, <laughs> it is very, very difficult to rack up sacks when you're losing uh, really hard. And <clears throat> there's a reason that Vaughn racked him up so much when Peyton was around because the team was playing with a lead and the team was – putting other teams in a position where they have to feel a little bit desperate, where you can guess a little bit on what they're going to do. And Vaughn has that amazing get off uh, that he can use to his advantage when he knows what you're doing. Um, But for the last four years, five years, are we up to five years now? It's been five full seasons since Peyton. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how they just keep stacking? They're stacking the wrong things together. They are. Um, For five full years now they haven't been playing in control of the football game ever like for a sustained period of time so even when they win you know that it's it's close games late um there's you could probably point to i don't know five games in the last five years where they were like dominant yeah (laughs) maybe i'm underselling it but it sure doesn't feel like it uh so uh if Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, if Drew Locke in the, in the, you know, doesn't take a big step through or step forward, then I, I don't expect Vaughn to put up crazy numbers this year. I mean, double digit sacks is still an attainable goal. Uh, and that should be the, the, the place where we put his baseline, but he's not going to put up crazy numbers uh, if the Broncos aren't putting up legitimate offense. Yeah. And so Ryan, what, what does legitimate offense mean in order for Vaughn to, to put up these crazy numbers? Are we talking about a, a Peyton Manning offense where, where this offense is just passing and other teams are forced to pass and, and be put in bad situations? Or are we talking like league average? Because I, I think realistically, when we talk about whether it's Drew or Teddy for this year, we're not talking about uh, a superstar uh, offense on that side of the ball where the quarterbacks are throwing like Peyton Manning was, or even close to that. We're talking about this team's a playoff team if this offense is average so can Vaughn do that this year with an average offense what do what 
be be the Von Miller that he was back with Peyton Manning and, and be a guaranteed double digit sack guy and uh, you know what one of the best edge edge rushers in the league. Um, you said a few different things there, and some my answer to some of them are yes, my answer to some of them are no. <clears throat> Can he be the guy that he was when Peyton Manning was around? No, I don't think so. Um, okay. He's too old. Uh, you know, like when Peyton Manning was here, again, five full years ago, how old is Vaughn now? 32? Yep. So he was 27 when, when Peyton left. Um, and, and that means he was 26 and 25 and 24 and 23. I mean, those are prime, prime years. Um, and a lot has happened since then, including a pretty bad injury last year. So he can't be that guy. Can he be a guy you count on to get double-digit sacks? Yes, I think he can. Can he be one of the best edge players in the league? Yes, I think he can from a, again, like a PFF grade standpoint because one of the things that he does so well that doesn't often get credit is he plays the run really well, does an incredible job of shedding blocks uh, to get inside or outside whether wherever he's defending the run. So I think he's going to be still a very, very good player He's not going to put up numbers and he's not going to perform the way he did when Peyton was here. And I have to admit, one of the things that made Von Miller superhuman was his ankle flexibility. Now, if you're not like a big football nerd, that sounds silly to you. But (laughs) one of the things that is so important in being an edge rusher and one of the things that if you go watch Von Miller's highlights, and just like zoom in and go in slow motion on his ankles. There are times when like his body is at like a 45 degree angle or more from where his feet are, where his feet are flat on the ground and his, his whole body is turned. I am so scared of first of all, how much he's going to trust that and how much those ankles are holding up. Like to me, that's exactly what happened with that injury. Now I'm not a doctor, but I, feel like the wear and tear on the ankles from bending a 240 pound man with incredible explosion over and over and over and over and over again, eventually blew out his ankle. Um, and so I just hope that he's, he still has full trust in that because if he doesn't, that's going to affect him. Or I hope that they still work the same way they used to. Cause if they don't, then that's going to hurt him. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's a great point. And that's why it's, it's uh, this year means everything. Uh, for for Von Miller and now the reports and what we've seen out of Von Miller so far this offseason are that he looks like the old Von Miller but he's also been going against Cameron Fleming and Quinn <laughs> Bailey so I mean to to be fair yeah Von looks really good but it's very hard to tell right now uh, and that's something that we're absolutely going to be watching Ryan and, and that's going to be a key thing for him I think that's a, a fantastic point but I think there's one scenario Ryan and I, and I really want to get your take on this where Von can maybe return and have the exact same stats that he had with Peyton Manning. But first, I got to tell you guys about Strava Craft Coffee. I've got a cup right here. You can even hear the ice in it right now to get me fueled for this day. I smashed that code DNVR25 at checkout to get me 25% off. And that's what we need you guys to do because Strava has not been feeling the love lately. And they have upped the ante. They used to be giving you 20% off, but now they're giving you 25% off to try this delicious CBD coffee. It helps with a 
aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on that CBD can help relieve. Also, some people say it helps get rid of the coffee jitters so you can have as much coffee as you want without feeling the jitters. And you can try it for 25% off on your first order by using the code DNVR25 over at Strava Craft Coffee. And after you do that, you'll love it so much that you'll want this thing shipped to you every two, four, six, or eight weeks or however often you'd prefer. And if you subscribe, they will have that done for you at 20% off every single purchase. So make sure to check them out. Code DNVR25 on your first purchase and then subscribe to them after and get 20% off on every order after that. You've heard about damn good beer. What better to mix that with than damn good beef? Hassle Cattle Company has the blue collar Wagyu. Why do they call it that? Because every man or woman can afford it. I have been pushing hassle cattle company beef on anyone that will listen zach it's it's the best it's literally the best i'm not kidding you i think i told this story once before but i have to reiterate i made a hassle cattle steak i made it the right way i seared it i did everything that you know i was told to do i listened to the experts a little bit of salt a little bit of pepper and then the tiniest little dusting of elway seasoning on the end it was better than any steak I've ever had in my life, and I have eaten at Del Frisco's. I've eaten at, I guess that's the only like big time. Uh, Always. I haven't done Elways or Shanahan's. No way. Well, so I've you been have this, to Shanahan's. You have the steak seasoning, but you've never been. <clears throat> I've I've been to Shanahan's. I didn't get a steak because it was like a million dollars. Mike's got to pay his rent somehow, man. Yeah, I've never been to Elways. <laughs> Wow. Okay. You're, you're just giving it to the people. All the players go to Del Frisco's. So I'm assuming that's the best one of the bunch. It's uh, probably a good sign. A good few times. It was better than that. Like I'm not trying to be crazy here. It was better than that by like a wide margin. Wow. So the, the trick is the right seasonings and hassle. And hassle it, it, that Wagyu beef. It just, I don't know other, any other way to say it, but it just hits different. H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. Use the code DNVR10 for 10% off. I swear you will not regret it. And something else you won't regret is joining our family over at DNVR. We've got so much going on now. We've got Nuggets playoffs, Avs playoffs, Rockies doing the Rockies Playing. thing. <laughs> yes, they're playing, and it doesn't matter because we're covering it all, whether it's good, bad, ugly. Maybe it's an Aaron Rodgers trade, OTAs. We've got it all, and we'd really appreciate it if you guys joined our family. But we just wouldn't appreciate it. We're giving you a lot as well. You get all of our coverage of every single sport. If you sign up for an annual membership, you get a free DNVR shirt, which pretty much pays for half the membership right there. And it's a shirt of your choice, by the way, over at the DN or over at DNVRlocker.com. You also get uh, to join our DNVR Golf League, if that's interest to you. You also get so many deals coming from the DNVR uh, weekly member deal and you get a, when you're at the bar, you get a 22 ounce beer for the price of a 16 ounce beer. All you do is ask for the member beer when you're a member with us and you get to support us, which we, we really appreciate. You get to leave comments on this podcast. There are endless things. So we'd really appreciate it. If you went to the DNVR.com and became a member with us, Zach, how about the gift of the uh, Broncos first preseason game being a two o'clocker? Oh my gosh. I mean, that is something that I don't think I've ever seen covering the team. I, I haven't either. Usually like they're like seven thirty, eight o'clock starts, which 
you know what? During the regular season, like a late night after a game, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Something about just a meaningless game <laughs> that keeps you working until 2 a.m. is just not not fun. It's it's absolutely brutal. Uh, and don't worry, we get those uh, the next two weeks. We get an 8 p.m. start and 7 p.m. start. The good thing is those are on Saturdays. So, uh, you know, if, if you're going out on town, you might as well stop at the bar, watch the oh, game yeah. there, have a good time. But, uh, man, that week one, you, we work from, you know, two to two to six, two to seven, and then we're just at the bar already. And uh, Saturday night, mm, pretty good. Pretty good setup there. I mean, we're used to – four preseason games all starting at 7 7 p.m earliest now we just get two late ones and an early one and the early one's the first one so that's always the most exciting one yep good deal for us and then there's also a bye week in there now that that's something that i know players really wanted was an additional bye week while this isn't technically a bye week they get the next weekend off so it goes you mean the next weekend after the third preseason game is a break exactly. and then the season starts? Yep. It's pretty weird, but <laughs> it is. we'll get used to it. I'm still <laughs> saying eight and eight and, you know, nine and seven. <laughs> It'll take me at least two years before I'm thinking in a 17 game. Oh, I uh, thought you were saying you were, just, you were just being stubborn about it. No, no. I just, like, how are, how are you supposed to, first of all, you're just like, in your brain, you figured out like what a good season looks like, what an average <laughs> right. season looks like, what a bad season looks like, and all the numbers yeah. are just perfectly correlated. And you just have to like unlearn all of that and relearn a whole new thing, like saying eight and nine. Like, yeah. what? That feels and so weird. What I can't wrap my mind around yet, and I've thought about it a uh, embarrassing amount of time, is you know, eight and eight is average. People say, you know, if you, if you get to eight and eight, um, you know, a guy keeps his job. Well, now what is that? Is it eight and nine? Like did, does a guy keep his job then nine and eight? Obviously that that's better, but where is eight and nine? Is that like, okay. Is that bad? It's, it's tough. For me, it comes down to where you were the season before and right. the Broncos, their 17th game is against the lions. So they got to go nine and eight. Mm, I like that. I like that thinking. Yep. Be eight and eight going into that. If it's a bad team, they should win. If it's a good team, then, uh, you know, it's okay if they drop it. Yeah, exactly. That's a good uh, point. So Ryan, before, before we, uh, we took a break, I thought, is there a way that Von Miller cannot just, you know, get the PFF good rating and be a good b blocker or a good run defender? But is there a way he can have a similar three to four years that he had with Peyton? And uh, he had it because he had a Hall of Fame. Well, not, not because he had a Hall of Fame quarterback, but Peyton really helped. And there's obviously a lot of talk about the Broncos landing another Hall of Fame quarterback. Could Von Miller do something similar in terms of stats and total dominance that he did with Peyton if the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers this year? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Um, if the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers this year, like I think we're actually underselling how good they're going to be. Um, this defense if they're putting pressure on opposing offenses with the scoreboard, this defense is going to rake in turnovers. They're going to rack up sacks. They're going to score touchdowns. Like I, I forgot that was even a thing that could happen. <laughs> um, they're going to tee off. And that's not even talking about how good the offense is going to be. 
the offense is going to be top five in the league at worst, and the defense is going to be top five in the league at worst, in my opinion. That leads to a team that is top five in the league at worst, uh, and I think they'll be even better than that. Um, you know, so Von Miller absolutely will lead the charge on that defense as long as he's healthy. You know, I mentioned the, the ankle stuff, how much that might affect him, but even with it, he's going to he's going to rack up stats if if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. I totally agree. And Ryan, just thinking about how dominant this team should be, I like to start within the division. It would be a massive disappointment if the Broncos weren't at least four and two in the division, something that they have not done since Peyton Manning was here. And even five and one, because you you think the Broncos should absolutely split the series against the chiefs. Now, not sweep the chiefs because the chiefs are still incredibly good, but they should be splitting the series with the chiefs and they should be sweeping the Raiders without a question. And then if Justin Herbert just turns out to be, you know, he, he continues on this, this track that he's on. Well, maybe Justin Herbert picks up one game against the Broncos this year, especially in Aaron Rodgers' first year, but four and two in your division and one of the best divisions in the league how many games are you going to lose outside of your division two more and then we're talking about a 13 and four record right there maybe you drop one you shouldn't because it's Aaron Rodgers first year with the team 12 and five so you're absolutely right talking about team success it's absolutely there and then we look at Von Miller specifically and uh, 18 and a half sacks I'm not ready to go there and say that he's going to have a, a record year for him but can I see three years of double-digit sacks? Absolutely. And I know he's only under contract for one more season, but if they get Aaron Rodgers, I think the Broncos and Vaughn find a good, happy medium where Vaughn gets a lot of money, but maybe it's a little bit of a discount in order to stay here and play for, for a team that's contending. So I think he's here for Aaron Rodgers' career, and I think Aaron Rodgers' career is three years at minimum. So maybe Vaughn doesn't have that 25, 13 season where he gets injured and suspended. So instead of it being a four-year stretch for Vaughn, he has three-year stretch, but I can absolutely see it being so dominant where we're talking about he's averaging 14, 15 sacks per season, teeing off on quarterbacks left and right. You do still have the benefit of having a great pass rusher opposite Vaughn, like Vaughn had with Elvis Dumerville and then DeMarcus Ware to take some attention away from Vaughn. You have a good defensive line, just like he had when Peyton was here. So you have all the pieces and you also have the secondary. Ryan, there's no reason that Vaughn can't do this unless the ankle's not good, which you touched on earlier. So I can absolutely see Von Miller having just as good uh, uh, of a three-year stretch as he did with Peyton. Now, maybe it doesn't come with a Super Bowl MVP, but if, if the Broncos make the Super Bowl, it's not crazy to say that a Hall of Fame pass rusher goes off and has two sacks and is the Super Bowl MVP. So maybe it's not the exact same thing. I don't think it's going to overtake it, what he did with Peyton Manning, but he can get pretty darn close. And instead of talking about, you know, wow, Von Miller was, you know, a Hall of Famer. And boy, those those four years with Peyton were incredible. And, you know, he was good the rest of his career. I think we can be talking about two stretches of absolute dominance. I completely agree. Um, and it really just goes to the whole idea that a quarterback is the tide that raises all boats. Uh, and the opposite of that is true as well. Not having a quarterback is the low tide that sinks all boats. Um, and, 
you know, it's just the way it is. And it's why George Payton has been so aggressive trying to find the Broncos, their, their true franchise quarterback. It's, it's not Teddy Bridgewater. He knows that it's likely not Drew Locke. And he knows that as well. Um, so he, he has a window with this defense that he's working very, very hard to try and find uh, the right guy to come in here and do it. And of course, pretty much the last one on the list now is Aaron Rodgers. Um, Deshaun Watson's name came up yesterday. There was some reporting that came out from others afterwards that kind of backed up what I said, which was he's telling Kareem Jackson that because he'll go anywhere that a team will actually take a chance on him right now. Uh, the Titan, you know, or the Texans, like this isn't being said publicly, but I feel very confident in saying the Texans are the reason that he's in this predicament. Well, he himself is the reason why he's in this predicament for the mistakes that he's made, but the Texans made this come up. Um, so he knows that they're not uh, invested in him in any way. They're they're actually invested in uh, sinking him um, because he crossed them, which is, uh, I mean, that could be a whole a whole conversation. Um, so he needs a new team. He knows that very clearly, like not just because he wants it anymore, he needs it. Um, so he'll take anyone who wants to take a chance on him right now because he knows it's not the Texans who would be waiting for him uh, you know, to get this sorted out if he can. Um, and that's essentially what Ian Rappaport said. Uh, you know, he said, you know, he's talking to everyone, telling them these sort of things. So <laughs> not surprising at all. Aaron Rodgers is the one that there's still a chance that he could come in and save the Broncos and rescue the season and and take this team back to the heights that they experienced with Peyton Manning. Yeah, and it's something that you want to see happen this year, not next year, in terms of when we're talking about a Von Miller window. Because what if free agency hits and Von Miller goes and signs with a contender and then a month later you trade for Aaron Rodgers just before the draft because you, the, the Packers aren't able to figure it out with him long term? You, you want this to happen now. And then also on top of that, Ryan, we talked about it yesterday, just how valuable this year is for getting Aaron Rodgers, because this year I really see it being Peyton Manning's 2012 year where this team can be absolutely great with Aaron Rodgers, his first year here, but there are going to be some roadblocks or I shouldn't say roadblocks. There's some speed bumps going along the way. The way Peyton Manning started with that team, they were two and three. That was a speed bump. And then they took off. Well, what happens if you get Aaron Rodgers midway through the season, you go two and three in his first couple of games and you started off with a losing record and then you take off at the end of the year, but you have to go on the road in the playoffs to play the chiefs. It's just, you, you want to get him in before the season starts. Obviously that's the ideal one. You don't want to have these speed bumps next year. If next year's his first year in here, especially when we're talking about uh, a 32 year old Von Miller this year, DeMarcus Ware retired when he, uh, right before he, he turned 34. So according to if Vaughn takes that similar approach, he has two more years. Now, Vaughn may be going uh, a couple years further, but it's not like we're talking about a seven-year window with Vaughn anymore. We're only talking a couple of years. And you identified the other guy, Ryan, who could come in and uh, elevate Vaughn's game when Vaughn is still able to. It's it's Deshaun Watson, obviously so many other things going on with him, but he could come in and immediately have just as much of an impact uh, as Aaron Rodgers would here. Those are the two obvious ones. 
Is there any other quarterback out there, whether it's a rookie, whether it's someone you trade for, a free agent, that you can say, okay, Vaughn Von and this defense and this team are going to take off uh, in a similar fashion that they did with Peyton? I don't think so. Um, like the Gardner men shoes of the world are still <laughs> available out there, but I don't think that unlocks this team in any other way than Teddy Bridgewater could or Drew Locke no. if he takes a step forward. So um, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you got to get one of those guys. And I think George Payton is very well prepared to make an offer if the Packers make him available. And this is what you need to hear. Uh, because the the reports out of Green Bay yesterday are, were that Jordan Love had a magnificent practice, um, and he said on the podium afterwards, "If I need to be the starter week one, I'm absolutely ready to be that." These are the types of things you need to hear. Because unfortunately, on Tuesday the reports were different. He had a tough day; uh, wasn't clicking for him. You need to hear as many times that Jordan Love looks amazing in minicamp and training camp and all that stuff if it gets that far um, because you want Gutekunst to say, you know what, that's my guy. He's ready. Screw it. Trade Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And man, we're all big Jordan Love fans now. We love that kid from Utah State. Is that right? Yes. Uh, we we love that he came in and took the job and is running with it. We're so happy that the Packers get to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Man, we're, we're big Packers fans and big Jordan Love fans because then that's the easiest way for the Packers to swallow their pride and say, okay, we're trading Aaron Rodgers, not because we have to, but because this is something that's actually going to make our team better. We get three first round picks. We get to add Cortland Sutton or a Bradley Chubb or, or a great player with Jordan Love right now. And that is something that, that uh, the Packers, when they drafted Jordan Love, they obviously wanted to move on from Aaron Rodgers before he was in his late or uh, early forties. They didn't draft Jordan love so that they could have a backup to Aaron Rodgers. No, that's not, that's not in their plan. So this would fit their plans perfectly. And you're absolutely right, Ryan. We want to see more good reports and this is the Packers mandatory minicamp. So if they have practice again today and Jordan love comes out on fire, they could convince themselves before training camp. This is the guy. Now it'd be silly to do that and trade Aaron Rodgers based off that. But if, if they're digging in on, on Aaron Rodgers, this would be a way for them to uh, to move in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think they would be silly to do that. I, I think they would be smart to do that if, if they actually believe in Jordan Love um, rather than trying to, you know, play the pride game with Aaron Rodgers. Really Jordan... quick, what, what I'm saying they'd be silly for is saying that Jordan loves the guy based off too many camp practices. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be silly. Um <laughs> But, they, you know, they could. there is a scenario where they look at Jordan Love and say, hey, what if we got him – and you guys are going to hate me saying this, but what if we got him Cortland Sutton? Yeah. And what if we added Bradley Chubb to our defense? I think we could be, I think we could be ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to hurt for Broncos fans for as long as it takes Aaron Rodgers – to get from wherever he is right now to Denver. He might be in Boulder. Um, So So 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes. uh, I guess with traffic, probably an hour and 15 to get to Dove Valley (laughs) that hour and 15 minutes. It's really going to hurt that Bradley Chubb and Cortland Sutton and two first round picks are going to green Bay. 
And then all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers would be wearing a a, a blue suit with an orange tie, standing <laughs> in front of a press conference backdrop with all Broncos logos on it and like UC Health or something else. And all of a sudden, no one's going to even remember who those two guys are. Yeah, you're 100% right. And and that's honestly how it should be. Not that, you know, to forget those two guys, but just how dominant Aaron Rodgers would be from the start. Do you think on his drive from Boulder to Denver, he stops by Peyton Manning's house to pick up the, the orange tie and the blue suit? Ooh, interesting. Peyton can <laughs> even give him that um, checkered shirt with the blue and orange lines that he loves mm, so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've got to be close to around the same size, right? Peyton's probably a little taller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but probably a, a little bigger in the waist. No, no offense, Peyton. Just not playing anymore. <laughs> more, more of those ice cold beers that he loves. <laughs> well, in in Aaron this off season, I mean, he looks he looks like frail. Now I'm sure he's not, but I mean, he looks like tiny. He does. Yep, he does. I wonder if. Uh... Shailene's got him on some boulder vegan stuff. <laughs> Probably. I mean, she's got him on the boulder hair. Yep. Yep. She's really uh, transformed him. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, it, you make it happen. You find a way everyone's, you know, it, it might even hurt for some people until preseason game one mm-hmm. um, where they're still like, oh, I just don't know if this was the right move. And then on the first play, like he hits Jerry Judy perfectly in stride on a slant that he takes to the house, and everyone's like, "Oh, okay, never mind." We're good. <laughs> Sorry, sorry for those tweets complaining about Cortland Sutton and Bradley Chubb. Right. Who, by the way, have both suffered serious knee injuries. That's very true. Yep. I, want, I really want the one that I just I, I like the one that would actually hurt for me is Jerry Judy. Mm, yeah if they ask for jerry judy that's the one that's like really killing me because first of all you know i've been so high on him since the draft process but second of all he is like the perfect receiver to pair with aaron Rodgers. like like if you could just craft a receiver and be like put this guy with aaron Rodgers, it's jerry judy <laughs> right exactly i mean what what's he going to do and i know last week or two weeks ago i said uh um, you know, Devonte Adams maybe a little overrated. Got some pushback for that, and and whatever. But I am very confident that Jerry Judy would put up better numbers throughout his time with Aaron Rodgers than Devonte Adams has. And Devonte Adams has has done fantastic things. It, there, there's no question about that. But I just think Jerry Judy could be that good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the one thing you'd have to get fixed is the drops. If mm-hmm. if he fixes that, he's like catching 10, 10 balls a game at least uh for like 120 yards at least yeah yeah and uh, especially if you trade Cortland Sutton away that would only help Jerry Judy's production yeah so that that is interesting I mean I I think with Tim Patrick getting the Cortland or sorry getting the Aaron Rodgers bump he actually does start to produce Cortland Sutton-esque numbers mm-hmm. yep yeah he would really really benefit from that like I think he becomes a thousand yard receiver. Oh yeah. I think so. I think so too. And Noah Fant thousand yard tight end as well. Um, I, 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 it's easy to I forget think that, about Noah. Yeah, it, it really is. But I mean, 
We're talking about how tight ends are only elite tight ends are reaching a thousand yards, but tight ends are reaching a thousand yards pretty much year after year. Now it's your Travis Kelsey's it's your George Kittles. It's your Darren Waller's no offense. There's zero reason he shouldn't join that group of hitting a thousand yards. If, if they have Aaron Rodgers. It's so crazy. Like it, it would hurt to lose Cortland, but it's like, okay, so now you line up Tim Patrick, Jerry, Judy, Noah Fant, KJ Hamler, like, yeah, no <laughs> yeah. KJ's got to stay healthy as well, but you'll be right. fine. Yeah. 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 And when, when he's, if he's, you know, not healthy all the time, he's going to be dominant when he is on the field. Absolutely. All right. Before we move on to the questions, got to give a shout out to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. Hit them up, go get yourself a cleaning x-ray and exam, and you will get a free Sonicare toothbrush with that. Like I said yesterday, I mean, the whole, all the DNVR crew is moving over to Green Mountain Dental as their family dentistry. And uh, for good reason, they, they really do treat you like family down there. Uh, they're going to call and check in on you if you have any procedures done, um, just to make sure everything's going on. They'll get you in whenever you can to make sure you're, uh, you're doing all good. Um, but they are the best when it comes to the family-owned dentistries in the metro area. So hit them, hit them up, go down, and join the Green Mountain Dental family. Also, make sure to hit up Gabby Insurance. Gabby literally stands for get a better insurance. It should go on and say like at a cheaper price because that's exactly what they do over at Gabby Insurance. So here's what you do to get a cheaper and better insurance. You go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR. Make sure to include that DNVR part at the end. It lets them know that we sent you over there. And once you're on there, you literally enter five or 10 minutes of information just off the top of your head. And then it compiles insurance rates from over the top 40 insurance companies out there like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers all into one place, gets you the cheapest rate out there. And all of us over at DNVR, I should say all of us that have a car insurance uh, (laughs) over there at DNVR have done it. And it saved us all money. It saved so many people hundreds of dollars. It saved Eric Weedham over $1,000. And the average person that checks out Gabby saves nearly $1,000. I think it's like $973 a year. It's almost $100 a month. Think about all the Breck brews you can buy with that. So check out go to gabby.com slash dnvr that's gabi.com slash dnvr also hit up our friends over at solace meds with some smoking hot deals uh you got to check them out they've got four convenient locations for collins wheat ridge broadway and just blocks away from the dnvr bar on east colfax uh, they've got great deals and when you go to the wheat ridge location you can mention the code dnvr20 you can do that anywhere and get 20 percent off but in wheat ridge You'll also get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. Uh, so many awesome deals. And on top of their great deals like 15% off all gold shelf concentrates, 20% off Wana tinctures, and more, you can also get the additional 20% when you use the code DNVR20. So head over to Solace Meds and take advantage of their great deals. All right, Ryan, should we hop into the comment section and talk to the people? First one, coming in from our guy, the count. He says, interception haiku. Do you remember when Matt Schaub threw pick sixes like hotcakes on sale? Love the count. Damn, throwing Matt Schaub under the bus. What did he do to deserve that? Well, he lost half of his year uh, from, from a, a Bronco player. 
Is that Joe Mays? Yes, exactly. That was Joe Mays. That was uh, that was brutal, man. That's I love loved... most vicious hit I've ever seen. Yeah, it, it ripped his ear off. That is just insane. Yeah, that was uh, that... like really bad. That was like that could have been determined to be attempted murder. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was Joe Mays's uh most famous play, right? I have to imagine. Yeah, I mean, he was a thumper. Like he really did lay some hits on guys, but he he couldn't go backwards to save his life. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and. Brandon Spano was covering the team at the time. He's told me that like Joe Mays was like the most self-deprecating player he's ever seen. Like after the game, he would just be like, I don't know what's going on guys. Like I just can't stick with these guys in coverage. <laughs> Have we covered someone like, that? I mean, no one's jumping out to, to no. cause obviously and understandably. So players are typically like the opposite. Right. I mean, Almost all of these guys have had their egos stroked their entire life. <laughs> right. Like going back to high school when they got special treatment from the coach because they were the best player, all the way into the recruiting process where literally, you know, you just get massaged for like 10 straight months uh, into college where they were the best player on the team and then into the NFL where they, they probably aren't anymore. But they know nothing else other than just being patted on the back for most of their life. Do we think Joe Mays just never got that treatment? <laughs> he was like, uh, you a know, a backup bloomer. in high school that somehow, you know, got to be a walk on in college and only started the final couple games and then was undrafted. And I mean, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I think maybe some people are just like too honest and they don't realize like, what they're saying to the media is going to like, <laughs> right. get turned around on them later. Right. Um, which is unfortunate, but it's true. Like let's say Todd Davis had a quote like that. Like fans would have just like slaughtered him. on. Oh social. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. And Matt Schaub, man, I, I really liked him, especially with, with his time with Gary Kubiak. And I was bummed to see him really go down the toilet. I mean, it didn't really disappoint me, but like, yeah, he went, down hard with those pick six what did he have something like six straight games of pick sixes or something oh god poor guy oh my gosh <laughs> all right next one here from bronco and sf you're not wrong zach i did enjoy messaging with rk a little bit in regards to yesterday's comment insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results it's an einstein quote not an actual definition well let's <laughs> let's just be a little more clear about that guys um <laughs> RK missed this, but uh, noted it. So here you go. Explanation of my fandom and username. Born in Denver, Broncos. Grew up in AZ, Suns. Currently live in SF, Bronco in SF. I'm a loyal fan who just happens to live all over. I think Mace can appreciate that. Lastly, congrats to the Joker on MVP. He deserved it. He absolutely did. And now he's fighting a very tough uphill battle um, with a bunch of guys who can't make shots. Yeah, it last night was tough in every way and one of those guys that couldn't make shots mpj it was it was tough wa watching him out there obviously dealing with uh some back pain you hope it's very temporary which is very scary for the future with what he's had in the past but yeah that was uh a, a real tough game there can't be a, a possible worse omen for a for a Nuggets game than MPJ missing a wide open three early in the game. Seriously. Like, it's like, all right. You know, when you watch the game, every one of their wide open threes 
you just know is going in. Yeah. In every one of our wide open threes, you're just literally crossing your fingers. You're like, please, God, just please go in somehow. <laughs> because, I mean, and, and, and it's no one's fault. Like, you know, they have their team out there. And we have Faku Campazo and, <laughs> you know, uh, Austin Rivers and, like, all these guys who – shouldn't be starting in the second round of the NBA playoffs. Yeah. And obviously the nuggets have to win both at home, something that they're very capable of, um, yep. but they've got to do that in order to keep this a series. Uh, I really hope they, uh, they win on Friday because I'm going on Sunday. It would suck to go when they're down three. Oh man. But a chance to go and tie it up to, to, Hey, I mean, unfortunately, I have to look at another team in this market that the Avs were up 2-0 going, going into uh, the other team's home. And uh, we know what Vegas did. They tied it up and then have gone up 3-2. Huge game for the Avs tonight. Yeah, going to be lit at the DNVR bar. Probably some nervous energy in there, understandably. But um, I, think the Avs, I think the Avs are going to light the lamp a little bit and get the place going. Well, something that the Avs did in game five, which they hadn't done since game one, is they were the better team for the majority of the game. So you hope that that carries out. And for the couple minutes that they're not the better team, they don't lose the game. Absolutely. Next one here from Tipsy Uncle. My first comment. Been listening for a couple of years uh, now. Yeah, hell yeah. You all do a great job, and I much appreciate the work that you do to provide great content to this community. I'm a longtime Mace admirer. I honestly remember him covering Clinton Portis during training camp for the team website almost two decades ago. I remember this video where someone put feathers on his helmet as like a rookie prank or something, and he got in Shani's doghouse for the day. Sounds weird, but I remember the video and the feeling of optimism that we had. A great pick. Memories. Anyways, my question is about the ownership situation and the trust. You would think that the Bowling kids are looking to force a sale, which seems to be the likely outcome that the potential acquisition of Rogers would be a windfall as it more than likely would bring relevance back to the Broncos on a national scale and thus increase the price they could seek in a sale. If they do have any influence, you think they would be very much pushing Ellis hard for a flashier solution at QB this year and sell high when this thing all gets sorted out in the courts. I'm sure the kids will be fine splitting their 3.2 billion as is, but pumping the value up of the team right at the end of the Ellis tenure, something he is considering. Keep up the great work, guys. It makes I'm a sure. lot of sense. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm sure Joe Ellis, and Brittany Bolin, and Patrick Smythe, and everyone involved with the organization is hoping the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they can really push any harder than, than George Payton would push anyway if there was any chance they could trade for him. Yeah, you, you nailed it on the head. Everyone from football to business, every single side of this organization wants Aaron Rodgers for every single reason as well, uh, including how much they could be sold for. The only thing that stands in their way is Green Bay realizing it's time to trade him. I think Aaron Rodgers would easily be convinced to come to the Broncos. Heck, I don't even think he needs to be convinced to come to the Broncos. That would be a very easy decision for him. Uh, He would not have any pushback against that. It's just the Packers need to say, okay, we're putting them up for sale. And I think the Broncos, as long as the Packers don't want, uh, you know, a great quarterback in return, the Broncos are going to have the best offer out there. They're not going to yep. mess around. They're not going to shortchange the Packers. They're they're going to offer something. And I wouldn't be surprised if when Aaron Rodgers is like officially put for sale, whether that's public or behind the scenes, that the Broncos just make the deal happen pr- pretty pretty much right away. 
do it and then sell the franchise for four billion. <laughs> yeah. And even though Brittany wants to, you know, be the controlling owner of the team, that's just an extra hundred million dollars right there that she just made. Although it is true though that like if they wanted to make Brittany the owner, just do it like days after you oh, get Aaron yep. Rodgers. And then she gets to like just like wow, the Broncos are, you know, uh I don't know, some crazy record since Brittany Bowen became the owner. Like, she's doing a great job. Right, yeah. I was going to say, if you do it right before they trade for Aaron Rodgers, then you can uh, build it up around, look, Brittany pulled the, uh, made the deal happen. And George Brittany Payton would probably be like... George Payton's office and said, <laughs> yeah. get the damn deal done, George. George Payton would be like, what the... But then realize that uh, that's that's his boss now. That sure is his boss. What an interesting dynamic that would be. Um, I mean, she was in on the interview process. It's true. She absolutely was. And I still think she'll do, she would do a great job. Um, But I also do think the Broncos need a serious influx of capital. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just one thing that she can't really provide. Exactly. Next one coming in from Mark IT Snatch. Hey guys, in the history of the Tennessee Titans, which includes the Houston Oilers, who was the one guy that you just despised but would have loved on your team? Like prime Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> All right, right. Um, did, he, did he play there in his prime? I think so, yeah. Or was he just with Cincinnati? I swear he was. I mean, he's made stops seemingly everywhere, right? Yeah, I mean, he really has. Let's see. Okay, yeah, he was drafted by the Titans in 2005. Okay. Okay. Um, Good call. So he played three years with the Titans. Pac Man Jones. Ah, but then the Broncos actually got him on their team. Oh, but you're saying Prime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the first one that came to mind. I was like, wow, that guy sucks, but he's really good at football. (laughs) right um not that this guy sucks i just thought he was maybe a little overrated which i probably shouldn't but chris johnson um you know having him on your team is just a blast i mean i think it's fair to say he's a little overrated just because he was so exciting that he just everyone loved him you know right right although he did have a 2000 yard season which would be great to have on your team right outside of that he right. never quite lived up to that hype again, which is understandable. It's hard to uh, do that twice. <laughs> right, right. Last one here from the Big T. I've watched sport avidly for over 30 years. I have never, ever heard any rugby, soccer, cricket, athletics, motorsport, literally no other sport ever talk about jerseys or uniforms since I was a toddler to a 40-year-old. No one mentioned how my team's kit looks. You guys, however, are totally obsessed with it. <laughs> and by you guys, I mean the United States of America. You're a sports journalist in the U.S. having a slow news day. Oh, I know. Let's talk about uniforms. Weird. (laughs) So my question is, why? Why are you guys so hung up on uniform colors and designs? I, we, find it totally bizarre. Does it fit in with your ultra-capitalistic mega marketing model? Wow. (laughs) Are you guys more vain? Do you care about how you look more than the rest of the world? Honestly, I have no idea, but it is weird as hell to us. Peace and love to all. The Big T, I can explain this to you. Yeah, I need to explain to me because I'm right there with the Big T. Look. When you live in a city and you are a diehard sports fan, your team naturally becomes a part of your identity. And the way that they look impacts the way that you look. 
because you're the one who on Saturday, the first thing or Sunday, whatever day it is, doesn't even matter. Want to go into your closet and grab a Bronco shirt because you're like, I'm going to the store. I want to rep my squad. So whether it's the logo or the uniforms, it's all an extension of a representation of you and a representation of your city. And so you care about it. You care about the branding just the way you would care about the branding of your own company it, that, you know, the connection between the fans and the team, they feel like that. They feel like that's that that's their organization. That's them. Uh, and so we talk about it a lot and it's just extended into us talking about it for other teams because it's just fun to talk about. I don't know. We enjoy it. So it's, it's a, it's a great point, Ryan, and nothing to argue with there, but do people outside of the United States just not care about that? Or why do you think that hasn't extended much past this country? So I admittedly don't, don't know the ins and outs of the way that uh, sports work overseas in the sense that like in Denver, you have a football team, a basketball team, a hockey team, and a baseball team. And like that, like those are your teams, you know? Um, I don't know if in Melbourne, there's like that type of, there's, you know, this whole connection of team teams and city where it kind of works that way. I, I, like I said, I don't know. So I'm, I'm guessing here, maybe it's not as um, regionally tied in terms of having like a whole city of sports teams that are all kind of part. Like, obviously I know they'll, they'll have their Aussie rules football or whatever. Um, but I don't know if it's like that or, I mean, there probably is some, some like, fashion that's tied into it and all that which is obviously big in america yeah but it's also big in other places as well here's maybe another reason why is especially with soccer um a big part of their uniforms are an ad and uh, are are a company now i know we have that in the nba now but that's just a a small patch over a shoulder that's not like the part of the uniform so maybe uh jerseys and uniforms just aren't viewed the same way over there because it's more of a money-making thing that than a true identity but i also disagree with him saying that no like soccer fans don't talk about the kits like they definitely do um like man U and chelsea like they like they release a new kit every year and people talk about it for at least a whole day whenever that release comes out. Um, but Americans are probably more obsessed with it. I don't know. Maybe we're just more obsessive. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm kind of I'm kind of there but with you. I speak to, but I say you know from my perspective, it is like like your teams become a part of your identity. Their colors, all of that matter to you because that's what you. That's how they, they're a representation of you and a representation of your city. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very fair. And it does become a part of your identity. Absolutely. Um, and if you want education to be a part of your identity, head over to MSU Denver online where you can get a full time, a degree while working a full-time job. MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college or institution. So check them out and get that education right so maybe afterwards you get an even better full-time job check them out msudenver.edu slash online but for zach and i it's going to wrap it up today on the dnvr broncos podcast we will talk to you in a few minutes on a special edition of three ring circuits we hope you come hang out